So suddenly, risk management has to change because now we have multiple participants in an ecosystem to manage risk management. And that really got us thinking about the concept of risk management and the change, what we discussed in our white paper, Transformative Risk Management. And this is GRC and Me, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. Today, we speak with David Ponder and Yanni Wenzel, who are partners at Central. Central is a consulting firm, and they recently published a white paper on transformative risk management. So today, during our conversation, we talk about transformative risk management and how it's an evolution or a departure from traditional risk management. We have a dialogue about how they're helping their clients who maybe head down on risk and compliance projects today to think differently. And lastly, we talk about this concept of transformation or transformative in their own personal lives amid the current COVID-19 crisis. David and Yanni, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, wonderful. So today we're going to talk about this concept of transformative risk management. And you recently, as I mentioned, you've created a study, some research behind transformative risk management. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of ground us or root us in what is that? And Yanni, if you could just start with a little background on and why you created this white paper, what it is. And, you know, David, then we'd love to hear from you about how it really applies to risk management today. That sounds great, and thanks for that question. If we look at when organizations start embarking on their digital transformation journey, that really gets them into the concepts of cloud-based computing, outsource processing, they're changing their processes, and we saw that rapidly accelerated with COVID-19 happening. And then on top of that, a couple of years ago, the World Economic Forum has announced the concept of the fourth industrial revolution which is the fusion of technology and the interaction with the physical, digital, and biological domains. So it's bringing a bunch of different things that we're experiencing today together. What that does, it removes the physical walls of organizations. Organizations now operate in ecosystems. So it's not just my organization that sells everything. I'm using a supply chain with multiple players in it. I'm selling through different areas. I'm using a distribution supplier. I'm using another supplier or a activity to sell. So suddenly, risk management has to change because now we have multiple participants in an ecosystem to manage risk management. And that really got us thinking about the concept of risk management and the change, what we discussed in our white paper, Transformative Risk Management. And David, you can probably expand a little bit more for us on how it applies. Thank you, Yanni. I happily will. As it applies to risk management, Yanni and I were talking the other day and I, I said, I think transformative risk is similar to the idea of like herd immunity, right? Mm-hmm. So more and more organizations aren't standalone entities. As Yanni said, they're participants in a risk ecosystem, right? 
And with that, they can be vulnerable because of weaknesses of the herd, or Mm -hmm. they can benefit from protection to the herd. And so with transformative risk, I think leaders are going to begin to shift their understanding of risk management in GRC as a whole, right? So today, risk management and GRC are often seen as like compliance-focused, check-the-box efforts that are cost leaders. And leaders, you know, look at that and they seek to minimize loss. They're seen, these areas often are seen as a distraction, right? And they're thought to deserve the minimum amount of time from the critical business decision makers to stay out of trouble. I think that's going to change. I think that the tools and techniques that emerge from transformative risk will provide levels of confidence on which to base critical decisions. So this will be seen more of a core business area. It'll be seen more of an actual business driver. Mm-hmm. Well, that is fascinating. I know that here at Logigate, that's what we've been hearing from customers is that that confidence that they're seeking from their program. And I've heard you guys both speak about how this transformative risk management approach really does put an emphasis on the data. And, you know, the data is leading to the confidence, which is leading to really ultimately allowing to have it as a business driver. So can you share with us, how is that a shift from how maybe we've been thinking about risk management in the past? I think it starts with the concept as we mentioned before, but maybe to expand a little bit of risk management was done in the past by individual organizations. And if you had to reach out to another organization about risk, It was the traditional third-party or vendor risk management concept. Let me send a questionnaire out and I'll get something back. But that's changed because we have now the interconnectivity with the different organizations. And there was some research done in the recently where organizations would experience if it's a loss or an incident that happens where it impacts multiple organizations. The losses are significantly, some organizations, research says 13 times more than what it was in the past. So suddenly, just sending out a questionnaire and maybe have a conference call to validate is not going to cover a 13 times bigger loss. Right. Wow. So how do we do that? That's really accumulating all the risk data and start looking at it and managing it together and have the appropriate information and data points that you should be able to understand that. So organizations at the moment when COVID happened, they did not have all the information at hand to be able to make informed decisions as individuals. But when you start looking and combining all those pieces of information, you actually start getting a bigger picture and actually understand what is going on. And then if you start looking at that information, you can take that into a more group of organizations or as we talk about the ecosystems that we can actually access more data, look at it more effectively and proactively to manage the risk. So, David, I know you are very passionate about the whole data management and risk management data, and you want to share some more about that. Yeah, so I think one thing to think about is when you talk about what Yanni said about the risk ecosystem, and if you ask the question, why, why are organizations operating more Mm -hmm. in that risk ecosystem? Mm -hmm. It's because I think there's a recognition now that technology Mm -hmm. is allowing for outsourcing of ancillary business areas that are not the core strength of an organization and utilization of other organizations where that is their core strength. So if you know someone can do something better, why not utilize their strength and free up your resources to focus on what is Mm -hmm. your core strength, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about that, you can think about how risk management data will become more valuable 
because then it'll be used for statistical analysis to enhance your decision making. Like you'll use models that can codify and monetize risk in your core business area. You know, you'll look to others, you'll look to a broader set of data to help build the predictive analytic data set that you need. And I think organizations are going to recognize, right? Like in the past, it's been, oh, let's build our own world-class GRC program. You've heard that mm-hmm. over, over and over again. But similar to how they're going, organizations are leveraging other organizations for things like Yanni talked about with distribution and sales and things that are just not their core strength. I think you're going to start seeing that with GRC because GRC is going to start to get advanced. With transformative risk, you're going to see AI applied. You're going to see predictive analytics applied. You're going to see advances in the area that make that risk data set very, very valuable. And I think that organizations are going to do two things. Number one, they're going to realize how valuable their data set is. And I think number two, they're going to look to other organizations like a logic gate, like essential, who are experts in this area, who have a risk cloud that they can utilize, who can provide that statistical predictive analytic expertise. And they're going to be looking to them to really offload what they once did with a lot of their resources and really be able to shift those resources to to focus on what they do best. Mm -hmm. So that. I love that. Like what you're, you know, kind of, you're doing a little bit of prediction here in the future, but we're starting to hear customers ask us for, you know, the Logigate risk cloud tool to help them with this and, and really be as this central hub that even ingests data from different systems of record, et cetera, so that they can put that lens on top of it and, and have a common language as well as uh, harness the power of their data. I love that you mentioned that. And I also think that's an interesting thought about, you know, leaning on those that are doing this well, not using up internal resources, partnering, you know, more and more to make organizations go faster. That is something we're going to continue to see. And, but when you do that, the impact of risk will occur. So those are both really interesting discussion points. And now I'd love to learn how today you're helping clients who might be head down, focused on tactical things like, you know, the recent SOC 2 assessment that they have to do or audit that's coming down or even things like planning for compliance budgets. You know, how are you helping folks who are really heads down to think about this in a proactive way and maybe think about the impact of control effectiveness to the the board of directors or to the bottom line? Absolutely a great question. And I think it comes back to the concept of let's start with the processes in an organization. Let's think about a supply chain process. Where do you get your widgets from? Which my supplier is he the final one in a stream of different suppliers? Oftentimes that supply chain is six or seven deep. And mm-hmm. even from ordering it from the supplier till it ends up in my warehouse, there are three or four parties involved. So look at that process, identify who are the participants in that process and get their involvement and their buy-in that they all understand. Because for each one of them, if I go down or have a major disruption, they cannot provide. I mean, we have seen it very clearly. Try and buy a new bicycle right now. Try and buy a new canoe right now. It's not available because of multiple different factors. So identify those factors and participants and get them involved and establish a governance structure where you have them participating in the governance structure. Start identifying the risk 
in that ecosystem with that governance structure and start thinking about the risk mitigation actions. So it's applying the same principles for risk management or GRC or integrated risk that we did in the past, however, not linked to my organization, but to the entire ecosystem that we have. So it's not traditional third-party risk management, but it becomes really truly transformative managing risk in the ecosystem. So then I look at, when I look at the inherent and residual values of my risk, I look at the inherent values really relevant to the ecosystem, not to me as an organization alone. Now, what's getting challenging in those scenarios and a very practical way is who's taking the lead? Who's going to manage? Who's going to chair? Who's going to be that facilitator in that ecosystem? Who's going to help with those? Mm -hmm. And that's where organizations like Sensual and uh, LogicGate can play that role because we can bring the different role players together and actually facilitate and help Mm -hmm. and then trickle that down into the different organizations to actually help them manage this process. But in that process, really migrating from the compliance and check the box to that holistic, more looking at the entire environment process. And I think that's really, David, and you can talk more about that shift in focus. Yeah. I mean, with that shift in focus, you're going to see some big changes, right? Like you're going to see concern about the way that that the data is collected because that data is now much more valuable. Uh, You're going to see concern about how that data is measured, how it's used. And it's going to go from, you know, the people who are concerned about that today, like your chief compliance officers, your chief risk officer. Mm -hmm and your chief audit executives, it's going to go to the key business strategists and decision makers, including like COOs, CEOs, and the board. So there's going to be greater visibility there, and they're going to care a lot more about that risk data. And with that, they're going to understand, right, that that risk data can be used for predictive analytics, like we talked about before. So with enough data, you've got models today, like FAIR methodology, that can break down risk by identifying it and defining the building blocks that make it up and their relationship to one another. And those relationships between each building block or element can be measured mathematically and assigned dollar values that give annualized risk exposure, primary and secondary loss probabilities, real predictive analytics that really drives decision-making. And so with transformative risk and a greater emphasis on this this risk data, you're gonna see, like Yanni said, it's gonna go from compliance-focused to it's going to be seen as a core piece of business. It's really going to serve as rocket fuel for a business. Leaders are going to want to know what's the fastest way to get from today's idea of risk management as point A to all the benefits that we've talked about from transformative risk as point B. And with that, they can either decide, right? Like, do we put an enormous effort and enormous resources internally into building these things in-house? Or like I said earlier, right, do we lean on the experts, the logic aids and the essentials so that we can utilize their expertise and focus on what we do best. And I think that's the trend you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Great. Okay. So this has been enlightening for me just to get your perspective as where we think this, you know, folks who are doing the day-to-day and risk management, where the, the industry is really going and, and what risk and GRC practitioners will probably start to be asked about. You know, as you mentioned, the board of directors, the C-suite, they're going to care more about quote unquote risk and GRC. 
the more folks that they involve in their ecosystem and, and the broader their business gets. So this has really been an interesting discussion. I love that. And I just, I have one final question for our discussion today. As we think about transformation and transformative shifts, we all have been transforming the way that we work recently during the current crisis. And I'm curious about how you've been able to gain maybe a silver lining or how are you transforming your lives during this COVID crisis? What does it look like for you guys in this amidst this this transformation? A very fun question. I can say personally, we just became empty nesters. That was a very short period of time. Suddenly, we had six more kids back in the house. <laughs> Suddenly, bandwidth became an issue. My internet yep. connection became an issue. <laughs> uh, we had to make sure when we scheduled Zoom calls that everybody got a quiet spot in the house. Yeah. To do online exams, I have to do client uh, Zoom sessions. They have to do Zoom classes. <laughs> so I had to increase my internet bandwidth at home. I had to increase the number of routers and extenders in the house. Wow. And food in the fridge, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yes. That was a never-ending visit to Walmart and Costco and many other places for curbside pickup for food. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And what about you, David? How have you transformed? What does it look like for you? Well, I'm a long way from uh, being an empty nester. I've got, got a three-year-old son, Dylan, and I've got a five-year-old daughter, Marin, and you know, like with the, the current things that are going on, I'm finding challenges for sure, right? Like on the challenge side, we're just trying to figure out how to work and care for our kids at the same time. Right, I'm, right. I'm sure so many listening are familiar with uh, some of the hilarious conference calls you're getting out of this when kids walk in. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, so we're trying to deal with that. We're trying to navigate through a summer without the community swimming pool. Yeah, you know, it, little things. But you know, the silver lining is that I think there's opportunity here. You know, especially with my older daughter Marin. Yeah, I'm trying to teach her about the interconnectedness of the world, which really relates to what we talked about, right? Yes. And with that interconnectedness, I think I'm trying to teach her about how economic distribution and political representation disparities can translate into social disparities, like we're seeing, right? And, and I'm getting the opportunity to teach her that to change the world, you got to start with yourself first and your closest circle second, but that that action shouldn't stop there. And, and we should never re- stop reevaluating what principles we value and yeah. base our actions accordingly. So it's so interesting because with everything that I said there, I, I do see the parallels to the stuff that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're an interconnected world. We really are. Absolutely. Yeah. And silver lining is that now you have more time with your families to have these really important conversations during this critical time. So, well, thank you both for joining us today on another episode of GRC and Me. Thank you, Yanni. And thank you, David. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. 